Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football Leagues. As always, I am your host, Daniel Kite, this year's manager of two victorious teams thus far, uh, Noxing on Heaven's Door and Allen for a Penny. Uh, this week we saw, uh, you know, it was the beginning of football season, obviously. It was great to be back in the swing of things, uh, watching Red Zone off a, a bootleg zone connection and uh, just kind of getting to chat along with the games with everyone. Great to be in the group chats and watch it all happen. Uh, but before we get into today's uh, recap, where we talk about the previous matchups, we talk to our guests a little bit about his matchup, and then look ahead to the coming week, uh, let's quickly recap the winners in both leagues thus far. Uh, in the Redraft League, the OG League, winners in the league, we had myself, Alan for a penny, we had Obi John Kenobi, Taylor Swift, I love the star power that we're getting these days, uh, Household Names, Paul, uh, we've got Nick's team, Hall and Oatfields, and then Terrasa's Don't Drink and Draft, all victorious. Uh, you know, it's sleeper, so it doesn't matter, but interesting pattern that all the away teams there all won. And then in our Dynasty League, that's just starting up, uh, my team knocked off Paul's team. We had Team N knock off Frank the Tank. We had Judge Judy beating Spittin' Llamas. Jimmy Pham's team beat Taras. Tawa Powell knocking off Alex Wong, and then we had Jones on for more, beating Can I Burrow some money. Five teams in our Dynasty League yet to have actual team names. I'm calling all y'all out. I want to see some team names coming up within the next week. This is it's it's shameful to just go with team blank. It's a it's a, it's a horrible thing to do. And uh, today's guest uh, has a, a pretty. So back and forth week a little bit uh, because he was responsible for the highest score in our redraft league uh, and then consequently the lowest score in our dynasty league in a, a, a pattern that actually might be repeating itself a lot. We have Frank the Tank and Taylor Swift manager. Uh, we got Steve Macedo on the line. Steve, how's it going? Oh my God, what about you? I'm doing pretty good. I, I got to say, I love... It's it's always a nice feeling when two player names can come together and make a fantasy football name, uh, and yours just worked out so perfectly. I, did you, was that like a, something that you realized once you drafted it, or did you just take a moment to think and you realized, oh crap, this is clearly my name? I was like literally working, and it just came to me. I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. I then like I googled it to make sure like I wasn't dreaming things, and I was like, perfect. Gotta go with it. Taylor Swift. It's just like, it's it's the perfect name. It's the perfect combination. And you know what? If it sets a precedent, you know, someone who combined two names for a person last year won the championship. Uh, sorry, there's something I need to do now that I've said that. Here we go. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, if you jump in and win this year, we've, we'll have two straight years where people are combining uh, player names into uh, champions. So I think I think it could be a good move. Yeah, people would just be drafting players now by names. Exactly. <laughs> How can I combine two people here? We're, <laughs> we're the celebrities. <laughs> so talk to us about your week, man. Like, it was a pretty up-and-down week. I mean, it's, I don't think you would have obviously been surprised by looking at your Dynasty team and how they performed. Uh, and frankly, I don't think you need to be surprised either by how your redraft team performed because it looked like they had the potential to be really good. Uh, why don't you talk us through both those teams a little bit? Maybe any surprises that caught you with both your teams or anything that just kind of went how you hoped it would and, and maybe even more so? Um, Dynasty, like, we all know I'm tanking, so <laughs> that's why I have the name Frank the Tank. 
I want people to know it's that it's obvious. Was and there any I wasn't... player performances though, even on that like dynasty team that you kind of saw that maybe like either disappointed or like stood out? Matt, Matthew Stafford definitely disappointed me with all that firepower going into it. You know, I'm like, okay, this when I drafted, I'm like, this is a safe play, like, and, and then that showing kind of like disappointed me. I would have expected that more from Tua than Stafford, but then I had majority rookies playing, so. And that takes it takes them about like a half season to get them going. So it wasn't surprising to me. I wasn't even keeping very up to date with the score because I already knew it was gonna be a blowout. So and then the di- and then the redraft. I felt good after the draft. And and I knew I was going against one of the the better teams after the draft, in my opinion, along with your opinion and Danny's. So but I liked my chances and it turned out well, even though Brandon Ayuk and Mooney playing in that monsoon didn't do much they still came through so i'm glad can't be too sad about that i feel like you got the biggest question i think i had about your roster uh when you drafted it was aj brown would would he kind of continue to be a a stud kind of like would he just be like a low end wr1 and maybe wr2 or would he kind of elevate to the next level in philly and goodness gracious did he i think answer some of those questions last week yeah, um, I was very happy when he fell to me because I felt like given the keeper rules, the receivers that were kept and what was available, even when I did some mocks, A.J. Brown never got to me. <laughs> and so when I was eyeing A.J. Brown, I had to take them. I, given there was question marks, like you're saying, right? Any new player on a new team, you don't know whether it's going to go one way or the other, right? That's the bet, right? And luckily so far it's worked out well and hopefully it continues. Yeah, I mean, I'm on that same train, too. I was all very curious about what Devontae Adams was going to look like uh, moving over to the Raiders. But now, as I said in the chat, it's obvious. It was Devontae that was carrying the team all those years, not Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. <laughs> I hope you're wrong, but yeah, I mean, you could be right. You could be right. So I know. it's it's it, It'll be very curious. Like I, Aaron Rodgers is probably too good to have another stinker like he really did this week. God, did that the Green Bay Packers look really, really bad? Uh, like it was just kind of shocking to kind of see their lack of uh, dynamism that they had out there. But I guess that makes sense when you don't have any wide receivers. Yeah, I guess you're being predictable, right? And so if you're there, they're not expecting you to pass. They're gonna cl- they're gonna block. They're gonna try to stop the run, right? Exactly. And like so, you mentioned Stafford too, that that was that's another one I'm really curious about whether that's going to be a one week blip and then things are going to get back to normal. Because, I, you know, it could be like the Super Bowl hangover, like the team kind of just kind of was a bit uh, lackadaisical a bit. And it could also be that just like the Buffalo Bills are really fucking good. And I think that also might be a possibility in there. So I, I'm again, as a as a Cam Akers manager in the in the redraft league, I am very much hoping that this offense uh, doesn't suck. Uh, but I'm really hoping I think Stafford should be fine. Um, like if you had to give yourself like a one to 10, do you have like same hopes that they're going to bounce back? Or do you think that it might be a bit more difficult based on what you saw in that so, Rams uh, game? I think they'll bounce. I think they'll bounce back. I think that's like Stafford's floor game for the year, to be honest with you. Buffalo's really good. <laughs> Buffalo's really good. Both, both sides of the ball. Like got to give those guys credit. They just really kind of, it seemed like they dominated. That game could have probably also been something like 45 to seven or something like that, because I think Buffalo still turned the ball over like three or four times and they still won by 
basically three scores. Like it's it's absurd to do that to the reigning Super Bowl champion. It was those two interceptions, right? One of them it was Allen's fault, but the other one was like literally McKenzie like literally gave it to them, and that was like close to the red zone. I think it might have been even in the red zone when it happened. So it could have been an onslaught. So much worse. And honestly, again, I. I don't want to say I, I kind of briefly second thought keeping Allen in our redraft league and thinking, well, maybe maybe it's worth taking another position player and just kind of getting a quarterback later on. I'm feeling pretty good about my choice. I don't know how many players would have still been on the board at uh, the 4-1 uh, to that that would make me not want to take Josh Allen just be, or, or at the 3-12 rather because uh, you know I, I I have never really been a huge fan of the early drafting quarterbacks, but I'm not going to lie. It feels pretty good to be able to throw Josh Allen out there every week. I bet with Josh Allen in one league and then Patrick Mahomes in the other, I bet you were feeling really good. I don't have to worry about quarterbacks. It's kind of a nice feeling. (laughs) I remember I used to, I used to do like the weekly streaming type of thing and I was fine with it, but goodness gracious, it does feel nice to not have to really worry all that much about quarterback. Plug and play, baby. Plug and play. Don't have to worry. So maybe moving away from our own teams a little bit, was there any other kind of performances you saw either from uh, players uh, in the league this uh, past week or even some of the managers, like some of their team's performances this week? Was there anything that kind of stood out to you and kind of caught your eye? I was a little surprised with uh, Mikey's team in the dynasty because I thought he's he's definitely a win-now team and he's full of like big-name players. And uh, I don't think he even got triple digits this week, did he? No, I'm looking at it now. He put up, it was close. He put up 98 points, basically. Yeah, but when you got guys putting up like 160, 150, 140, I know it was a bad week, but I was expecting a little bit more from him. But Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It doesn't even seem like it was his quarterbacks that much. Like Justin Herbert put up 23 points. That's probably about like an average game for him. Jared Goff, about 16 points, so they were fine. Uh, a lot of running back. I mean, C.D. Lamb is definitely going to be a dicey and Mike Williams for him now. And Mike Williams. And Mike Williams. I had a bad game. I mean, if you were looking at this, you're, you're right. This is definitely a win-now team, and he's talked about that, and kind of we've established that. Now, he's got a, a fairly deep bench, too. Like, he's still got J.K. Dobbins hanging out. He's Miles Sanders might actually be a guy now, uh, now that he's, you know, he scored more touchdowns last uh, Sunday than he did the entire season last year. So that's already yeah. on the move there for him. Uh, do we think Mikey should just consider this as a blip and getting back to normal? Or was there anything that you saw on the weekend that you thought maybe there's some concern? No, I think maybe. That's the thing, right? He's going to have high ceiling weeks. And then there's going to be weeks like this, I think, personally, right? Because I don't think it's going to be very consistent with Mikey because Mike Williams is a hit or miss kind of guy. And then now you got C.D. Lamb. You don't know what's going to happen with him. And he's going to have to be making decisions on his running backs, like you're saying, right? What if he guesses right? What if he guesses wrong? Or what if he guesses right? Right? It, it's it's hard. I don't know. I just me personally, I like to have my starting guys, and then after having there being a little gap there, you know what I'm trying to say, where you don't have to make those tough decisions all the time. But that's just me. Yeah, there there is definitely like an art to like wanting to have depth to the team and kind of being able to spread it out. But then when you do end up with a headache, you know, you it it usually doesn't matter in the long term, but it does just at least frustrate you and kind of just make the fantasy experience, you know, less fun. Uh, so I definitely yeah. hear where you're coming from. But that was my thing. I was really high on Nick's team too, higher than I think what you guys said in the podcast about the team rankings. 
And he came out and balled out. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, he's set for the next probably 68 years at wide receiver. Yeah, at the very least. And I, 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 I'm pretty sure I even told him. I messaged him trying to get trade talks. I go, I think you're just like a QB2 upgrade away from being the top team. Because Davis Mills, you don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans next year. And like, who does he have behind that? Yeah, as you look at his team, like, you know, all every single kind of bet that he made really went well. Uh, you know, yeah. some might have even argued that he maybe traded up a bit to get Jalen Hurts. That bet went well. Uh, he probably, you know, Antonio Gibson looked like a very dicey pick at the time. And then for a lot of the preseason, looked like a terrible pick. Now he's yeah. kind of sitting out there as the undisputed RB1 in Washington. Jason Jefferson looking great. Gabriel Davis living up to the hype. Michael yep. Thomas, yep. maybe a wide receiver one again. Like this is yep. an incredibly yep. stacked wide receiver core. Yep. Yep. And it's like wide receivers, there's a big there's a bigger window there for them. In RBs, you got what, maybe three to five years? Maybe shorter, depending. But wide receivers, they stay healthier, right? So I think he's set up really well. Really, really well. Yeah. I another thing I was kind of curious too. I was kind of curious to see. Uh, this might have just been a bad week for tight ends, but knowing that our dynasty has the tight end premium, it really didn't seem to matter since a heck of a lot of tight ends, basically unless your name was Travis Kelsey, like you you had a bad week. So I'm curious to yeah. see if moving forward the uh, the tight end premium comes a bit more into play into the dynasty or if that kind of just ends up kind of fading to the background and maybe tight ends don't seem as important as we thought they might be. I, I I feel like at one point five, I, it is at one point five, right? The tight end premium. It was a it was a half point bonus, so I can't. I mean, yeah, we're... yeah. I don't think the difference is as much as people think it is. And now, if you were to go like maybe point seven five, like uh, an extra point tight end premium, I think you would notice a little bit more of a difference. But given how there's probably what maybe five elite tight ends, and after that, it's there's like another smaller tier and then after that it's like a big bowl you don't know what you're getting right so i don't know yeah exactly it's hard to like really imagine there's going to be much uh difference going on but again this could this was just like a really funky week one and and you know i I don't i've heard this kind of talk about a little bit the the more that teams are kind of resting their starters uh, early on maybe it just makes the offenses look a little bit wonky um so maybe this changes by the time we get two or three weeks in uh but yeah kind of less impact and even like yesterday yesterday's game denver used like four tight ends and like seattle was using like four tight ends and they were just mixing them all in like nobody was like dominating the game like the snap percentage wise i thought at least from what i was seeing so I don't know. Do you have any desire to sound off against like how stupid it is to run down the clock with less than a minute left and then try and kick a 64-yard field goal? <laughs> I, uh, I thought this guy was supposed to be like an offensive guru, and uh, he sure didn't look good after one week. That's for sure. Looked real fucking bad. Like genuinely, I was I was yeah. chatting with some other folks. I was like, I don't know if I want any part of this Broncos team. Like, if that's what the brain trust is going to do. That makes me really genuinely nervous about anyone that's associated with the Broncos. And even like the story that broke, like probably I think it was this weekend or maybe Thursday, about what what really happened with Seattle and Russell Wilson, where he was, where he was like more worried about like personal accolades instead of like winning games and stuff. I don't know. I don't yeah. think it's a good look. It was maybe the fastest like vibe shift of any NFL team that we saw. Like like I, I think the vibes on Denver were really good going through the preseason and the off season. And now it just feels like it's all bad. And I wonder how much that carries on into the season.
Another thing, I just want just to highlight the, the the redraft a little bit too. You know, I, I don't want to kick uh, him while he's down. Uh, but Danny's team, you know, I think we both, you know, we both thought he was a strong team. I still think he will be. Uh, but goodness gracious, did we see how low the floor might be able to go with Danny's team? Uh, Trey Lance. I'm sure Danny's hoping that's an aberration just because of obviously the downpour in Chicago. You know, hopefully every week doesn't look like that for Trey Lance. Mike Williams yeah. with a Keenan Allen injury should hopefully be able uh, to bounce back and get more of a target share. And, you know, a lot of his other guys, too, uh, did get a solid target volume, but just simply didn't score a touchdown. And, you know, that that often comes down to it. Um, but, Steve, now that we're looking at Danny's team here, uh, are, are the holes starting to show through a bit more? Uh, yeah, I'm so glad AJ Brown was there for me because I was going to take Mike Williams. <laughs> I'm <was laughs> so glad I had a, I had a, I was between like, I didn't think AJ Brown was going to get to me. I was like, it's either Mike Williams or DJ Moore. And then after I saw what happened this week where Mike Williams, I think he put up one point and then DJ Moore, I think he didn't even hit double digits. So I was like, thank God that worked out. And then, and then I, I think Danny said something about, he thought CMC should be the, the consensus consensus 101 and i was like i think people are people have seen cmc's ceiling in my eyes and people think last year was jonathan taylor's ceiling and i just don't think it is and plus he's got the health so far in his favor and he's younger i just i thought i did i made the right pick but hey to each their own i guess but yeah it's gonna it's gonna be hit or miss with uh danny i guess because like you said he has a very high ceiling very low floor, and which we saw, and I'm hoping. I think he's hoping he doesn't see it again. So yeah, I I won't lie. I am definitely like a CMC truther. I I I don't think it was like an obvious like one two thing. Like I think they're probably like one A one B, and you know, I think that's what the rest of the the fantasy world thought. Uh, and I'm again, I would look at CMC's performance there. That that Carolina game was really wonky. They just had trouble like getting into it, and the Browns' defense, their front seven is quite good. Uh, so I'm still hopeful, like by the, you know, brought up by the fact he still was able to get a touchdown there in what looked like a bad game. Uh, but I, I do think, yeah, maybe there is that, that sparkle of those like CMC 30 point weeks, you know, that he was just putting up with like, you know, 10 receptions and still a hundred yards rushing and whatnot. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor just looks like the, the little fucking engine that can, man. Like he just keeps getting the ball. And like, I was looking at it too, the amount of plays that Indy ran in the pre in that game against Houston was massive. They had something like over 40 rushes and over 50 passing attempts, even with the, and like granted they had overtime, but even with overtime, that's a shit ton of plays. And if they're running a lot of plays, that's going to mean really good things for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I agree. And like Colts are my team too. So that's part of the reason why I went with Jonathan Taylor over CMC makes me want to watch a little bit more. <laughs> There you go. Like you're you're invested in the guys that you're actually already invested in. It's kind of nice. Yeah. The only reason why I would have taken CMC is because I don't have a share of CMC in any of my leagues I'm in. So that was part of the reason that I was tempted to go CMC, but I just went with what I felt was right on yeah. draft day. I sincerely doubt it's going to steer you wrong. <laughs> uh, do you want to sound off? I know we kind of people have done it a little bit in the chat. Uh, we have the only major transaction that's taken place so far. Uh, was Kimbert kind of initiating a bit of a panic trade? Uh, let me just pull it up because I, I think I've forgotten the exact part. So we had a trade between Kimbert and Danny where Kimbert sends Allen Robinson and Dallas Goddard, and then he receives Zach Ertz and Elijah Moore. 
Uh, do you want to sound off on that a little bit, Steve? Like, where do you, where did you see the the chips falling with this trade? I definitely thought Danny won. It's like I, I I even messaged Danny. I'm like, it's pretty wild that after literally one game played, you got two guys that were drafted higher than the two players you traded away. It, it was a very good value proposition for him. That's yes, for sure. yes, and I I don't blame him for making that trade. And uh, even though like I I'm really high, I was really high on Elijah Moore. And I was really high on Allen Robinson, and but it's like I don't know. I was watching that Rams game, and I I, I felt like there was two times where Stafford le- leaves leaves the pocket, and he's running, and he has Allen Robinson right in front of him to throw him an easy pass, and he doesn't do it, and he just runs it out of bounds. And I'm right. like, what's going on? I'm like, this guy literally has just eyes for Cooper Cup, <laughs> and it's like it's it's crazy. It doesn't matter if Cooper Cup is like triple covered. He's throwing him that ball, and it's, hey, I guess to each their own, right? But Stafford just likes having his one receiver. He he really enjoyed the Megatron experience when he was in Detroit. So now he's like, all right, I found my guy, and I will just exclusively throw to him. I But I still, I find it hard to believe that Allen Robinson won't rebound. Even Robert Woods before the ACL tear, he was coming around. He had a cold start, too, last year, I think. And then towards the end, before the ACL, he was coming around. Not like what we've seen before, but he was getting better. Yeah. And I'm just hoping. I, I, I think Alan, that's what's going to happen with Allen Robinson, but who knows? Yeah. And then Goddard's a nice piece, too, because it seems like that Philly offense is one that is going to be a good one to have shares in. Uh, so, like, getting him for Zach Ertz is really nice. Uh, just, uh, you know, uh, a desperately perhaps needed upgrade for Danny after maybe the week he's had. And probably maybe that's his consolation from this week but, that he kind of won the transactions. But but Ertz out uh, scored Goddard. I think he got the touchdown that late touchdown anyways. But this is true. I would be shocked if that worked out long term, though. Yeah, I don't know if Philly's going to be as prolific as people think it is too, right? Maybe we're just overreacting after one week. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the, I mean, that, the Detroit defense has never kind of, like, even last, the past two or three years, I feel like they've just been an absolute, like, run-sieve. Like, anyone can run the ball on them all they want. Uh, but the offense, man, the offense, that offense looks spicy. I like how they were running the ball with Swift, obviously. Off, even though he's only able to pass it, like, three yards in front of him, was at least moving the ball around and making things happen. I, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what happens to them when Jamison Williams is back and healthy, because then they'll have three legit strong receivers, a pretty great tight end, and then DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Like, those are some really strong pieces, I think, for what could be a good offense. Yeah, but do you really think golf is going to be that quarterback next year? The guy did take the Rams to the Super Bowl, I think, once or twice. So it's like, I'm not saying that it's like Lions uh, 2023 here, but like, if the guy has pieces, I think he can make something work. I, uh, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I just, like, if, say if they're, like, halfway through the season and they're, like, fucking 1-7, and 2-6, and six, is it worth it for them to really fucking try to win more games instead of getting, like, a high draft pick and trying to get, like, maybe, like, a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, like a Will Levis? And like, I love a new. guy that has all of next year's first round picks. Already knows all the top quarterbacks <laughs> off my heart. Oh, I've known them already for a year, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's my thinking. It's like, and then plus they, I think they gave like, uh, I don't know if they gave a future first or for Jamison Williams, or they just gave up a lot of draft capital. I think maybe to move up those twenty spots 
in this last year's draft. I don't know. I just don't see it. He hasn't proven that he can do it. Yeah, he took them to the Super Bowl, but I feel like that was more. And that was because there was a great Rams defense along with some pretty great yeah, defensive so. playmakers. And he, he's he's a game manager though. He's not like he's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's a game manager. Yeah, like he's not even really like a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr. No, he's he's not a gunslinger either. He's not like a Matthew Slay. He's not going to throw a ball into a tight window. So if it's not a big window, he's not throwing you that. He's not throwing that ball. Yeah, right. is that enough to win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. No, it's probably not even enough to make the playoffs either. Though the thing yeah. I do think though is like after watching a few episodes of Hard Knocks, Dan Campbell does not strike me as the kind of coach who is going to lie down and kind of not put his team in the best position to win every week. So I have like there's I don't I don't believe Dan Campbell would tank. I think he'd have to be fired first before a tank could happen. And I hope they wouldn't. He really I agree I, with you, but I really he was like really endearing during Hard Knocks. Did you watch any of that? Yeah, I, I honestly, I finished, I, I watched the last two episodes yesterday, actually. And I, I really like the guy. And everybody, it seems like everybody's buying him, right? But it's, it's also TV, right? But, um, but yeah, but I can also see them mortgaging their future. <laughs> like uh, the 49ers did for Trey Lance. If they really like a guy. Yeah, I mean, if, but, you've already got a lot of those pieces. If you do want to give up a couple of future firsts, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the move. Isn't that the last piece? From what I've been told, you get. You get the offensive line, you get the position players, and then you're going to get your fucking QB. That's yeah. how the 49ers are doing it. Let's see. I guess we'll have to wait and see if that works for them. Yeah, but at least they, they swing and miss, at least. You know what I mean? This is true. It's better than right, – they're, they're swinging for home rather minutes. than, like, bunt singles. Exactly. So let's, let's start moving into wrapping things up. Let's talk a little bit about uh, waivers here. Uh, now, obviously, we got two different waivers we got to keep an eye on when it comes to both uh, redraft and when it comes to dynasty. I got to say, Steve, I, I have to thank you because if you didn't tell me that Jared Patterson uh, was sitting out and then ha had been cut, I probably would have kept him on my roster long enough that someone would have picked up Jeff Wilson <laughs> instead. So I give you a lot of credit for that. I appreciate you. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, but welcome. him notwithstanding, if we think about um, the, the redraft league to start with, uh, you know, there's some intriguing names around. Uh, currently at the top of the ads list for our redraft, uh, we see guys like Curtis Samuel, Taysom Hill, Robbie Anderson, Duvarnay, few some wide receivers that kind of got a lot of play there. Uh, even Jalen Warren has a backup running back as well. Uh, are there any names that kind of stand out to you, guys that you wouldn't be surprised that, like, you know, three or four different people try to bid on this week? I don't know if there's anybody out there that it's, that's worth that, to be honest with you. You, you don't have any love for, uh, you know, Taysom Hill and his gadget action, like if you're sitting with a shite tight end? Uh, I Me, personally, no. Unless it's like you're starting two tight ends. But no. in a 12-league, one tight end, I don't think he's – I think – Majority of the people have better than what than Taysom Hill personally. Yeah, it's it's such a hard guy to like project, right? Like he put up what fourteen points last week, but who had Taysom Hill running for eighty yards and and a touchdown? Like I don't know if any of us can really project that. One of the carries was fifty-seven yards or something, though. If you yeah. wipe that away, really and truly, what did he do? I mean, he did have a thirteen-yard run for the touchdown. That's that's not nothing. Again, as as the Kamara manager, that that you know infuriates me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, me personally, I'm probably just going to stand pat and see if there's something that, to my liking after the waiver wire goes through. But I, 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 I looked up Jeff Wilson and I saw you had it, and I'm like, fuck. 
<laughs> and then now you're telling me it was the whole Jared Patterson thing. And I was like, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but I have him in the dynasty, so I'm happy with it. So yeah, can't exactly. be too greedy, I guess. So, but yeah, what about you? Do you think there's somebody worth picking up? Well, I was going to ask, like, as the guy that's rostering already like 19 quarterbacks, uh, how much are you going to bid for Cooper Rush? My only thing is, I have Taraz's first round pick, so I shouldn't be doing him any favors. Okay. So maybe I'm thinking I should be putting a nice bid on him because he's better to be on my team than he is on his team. Now, and then the, the question he's... remains: Is it actually better? Is maybe having to start Cooper Rush every week maybe the advantage that we all need? Yeah, but you don't think Cooper Rush will put up at least double-digit points, like 10, 11? Even if it's on the low end, isn't that still better than maybe a wide receiver 4, 5 on your Superflex or uh, RB3 right. or 4? But also, there's, I feel like there's a, quite a legitimate potential that it might not be. I don't know. It's, Talk it's about tempting. not wanting headaches on your team. That would be a headache for me all year round. <laughs> But the thing is, Taras has no choice but to bid on him because he—I don't think he has anybody else. I think Matt Corral was his third QB, and he's out for the year. I think. Taras, if you're looking for Jacoby Brissett, hit me up, bro. He's he's available. Yeah, he's a tough negotiator, that's for sure. I don't think I've, I'm trying to think. I can't recall any trade I've ever made with Taras. I probably have, but it's it's got to must have been so long ago that I can't even recall it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so does that go the same then for Dynasty too? Like, no one in Dynasty on the waivers that you're super interested in? Like, as I look at it, there's no one I'm really seeing, but... I don't I, I don't have every, I don't have everything in front of me, so that's my only thing. Uh, and it's like, we, we're so... We were, what, we're, what are we, like 31 deep each yeah. roster? Like, what's really out there, to be honest? Yeah, top free agents available, <laughs> like by ads on the sleep wrap right now. Cooper Rush would be the number one available guy uh, with the most ads. <laughs> Then we are looking at DeAndre Carter for the Chargers, uh, the Dorch, Greg Dorch out in Arizona, and then OJ <laughs> Howard, who caught two touchdowns with his only two receptions out there. In yep, Houston. yep, yep. Um, I guess it's literally just Cooper Rush because you know he should. He, I don't, and I don't believe this Dak Prescott not going to IR and he's going to be back after four weeks. Yeah, I, I think I'm he's definitely only cool. coming back week ten after their bye. Rush is definitely going to have a bunch of starts here. Yeah, I would be shocked if Dak makes his way back that early. Uh, God, I love the name Dorch. I really want to pick him up just so that I can look <laughs> at that name and just say it out loud to myself. Um, but I have a hard time really seeing anyone that I'm looking at in Dynasty for the most part. No, but if anything, I see Cooper Rush maybe getting a few bits. If that's the, that's the one player I see in both leagues. But hey, I could be wrong. I'm just saying that's the one player where it's QB, super flex. I feel like QBs are very valuable. But that's I feel like I'm I'm alone in that to be honest with you. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, fair enough. Uh for our last segment of the day, we're actually gonna try something new this year on the Monday morning tears cast. Uh coming up We've got. Uh, I'm gonna let him introduce it because he hasn't. Uh, he doesn't like the name that I originally gave it. Uh, but you're about to hear Paul giving us some gambling insights for the upcoming football <laughs> week. Uh, so please uh, enjoy what you hear from Paul. Welcome to the very first episode of Paul's Bunk China Bud Picks. This is going to be a weekly segment where I will give you. Our viewers, one hot pick of the week, one underdog pick of the week, and one four-team banger parlay. Before we kick off the show, there will be a quick little disclaimer stating that Paul's Bunk China Bud Picks is not responsible for any wager losses 
or relationship hardship with significant others due to your gambling issues. So here we go. Starting off with the hot pick of the week, we are going to go with the over of 54 and a half points on the Thursday night game with the Char Chargers versus the Chiefs. It's currently paying 1.91. Now for your underdog pick of the week, I'm going with the Steelers Nation to pull off the win against the New England Patriots, which is currently paying 2.10. Last but not least, here is our four-game parlay banger. I'm going with the Detroit Lions, negative 2.5 spread. The Cleveland Browns, negative 6 spread. The Baltimore Ravens, negative 3.5 spread. And the Cincinnati Bengals, negative 8 spread. This is paying 13.3. So slap a quick 20-piece banger on that, and the payout is $266. These are your picks for the week. Thank you for tuning in to Paul's Bunk China Bud Picks. Have a good week and see you next time. Some great bets, I'm sure, from Paul there. They definitely won't lead us all to financial ruin. Uh, so I appreciate him for doing that. Um, let's take some parting shots. Steve, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you have any parting shots to take? Do you want to call out me and Danny for maybe not ranking your team highly enough during the uh, the early rankings? Do you I'll have call any you smack talk you want to do? What do, what do you got? I'm not going to call it Danny because Danny ranked me number two. I'm going to call you all because you got me number four. <laughs> I'm thinking it. to myself, what, what do I, what do I got to do to fucking impress this guy? Yeah. Always running me over with the bus, but you know, hopefully I get to change your mind a bit. Yeah. I feel like there's a little rivalry between me and you, but I don't know. Maybe truly, it's just a one-way street. Truly the harshest possible uh, judgment I could give you saying that you had the fourth best draft. <laughs> 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 and if you see there too like basically in the rankings i have us all in like a tier kind of to our own so like you could very like i, I saw just sim i think the only reason i had you a tier down because was i i didn't have as much faith in aj brown um if he yeah. continues that production i think you're obviously in that top tier of contender like it's hard to say no uh it, with the amount of volume that it seems like swift and taylor are going to get and if AJ Brown is a you know a top half WR one, like this is a lights out roster that you have. Yeah, I I felt good. I've been like, damn, I got a top five QB, I got a top probably three RB, and then another top ten RB, and then I got a top ten WR, and I got a top five Q, uh, tight end. And this guy has me at four. I'm like, all right, I gotta <laughs> shut him up, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, bulletin board uh, material. I need to give it out. Uh, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Uh, who do you know who you're facing next week? Have you looked ahead to that? Yeah, um, OBJ. Okay, how are you feeling moving into that matchup? Was there, you know, any worries about John's team? Any, any, and you want to talk a little smack to John before we sign off? John, John, I know I, I pissed off John with that whole Chris trading DeAndre Swift and then getting him back, and you know, hopefully, and, and it didn't end very well for me last year, and uh. Hopefully it goes good this year, and hopefully you know John just uh, gets a little bit better at dynasty uh, at, at fantasy football because I don't think he's there yet. Oh, there we go! I love it. We have to have John back on to defend himself then. Um, <laughs> Steve, it's always a pleasure getting you on the pod here, man. You're all I love hearing your insights. You're just a you you you're a guy that cares, and I love it. Uh, so thanks for coming back here, man. And hopefully we'll have you on at least a couple more times before the season's over. Yeah, man. Anytime. Appreciate you. So, folks, we'll be back here next week looking at uh, the action from week two, and we'll be looking ahead to week three. Uh, but until that time, keep crying.